Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Rewind Wrestling Radio right here on the Rewind Wrestling Network where I, your host, Ted, along with my co-hosts, the New Mouth of the South, Mr. Tyler Peters, the Temptress Witch, Miss Ivy, the Senior Official Ref, Amy Veronica, OG Will Denardo, and the Executive, Mr. Nelio Cuomo Costa. Talk everything pro wrestling. It's the indies, the pros, everywhere you go. Let's jump right into Rewind Wrestling Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Rewind Wrestling Radio, right here on the Rewind Wrestling Network. I'm your host, Ted. I've got the whole crew here, except for Nelio, because he's off being the executive somewhere, doing something, signing someone to some contract for who knows what. Um, and so we are uh, going to do some some fantasy booking tonight, um, but but in a, in a kind of different way, okay? So what we're going to do is we have all picked, well, three of us, three of us have picked, uh a an angle that we think went awry right and we're gonna rebook that angle how we think it should have been done right uh so really big angle (laughs) (laughs) yeah like 10 7 Seven okay. angles. Amy, Amy came up with this idea and then like went so far and above. Oh, no, wait, Ted idea. technically, Ted technically uh, thought of it and then he told me to put it in the chat. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. On my drive. <clears throat> on my drive. Wow. What happened to my voice just now? It just like puberty again. I- <laughs> <laughs> just smoking. Second puberty. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> All right, it's, a, it's so, a new Hobbit thing. Um, on my way home from my from my second jobs, I uh, my second and third jobs, I I usually call one of the people on your screen right now, and we have a phone conference about what the what the hell we're gonna do on the next week's show. Um, I talk to Amy probably once a week. I talk to Ange multiple times a week. <laughs> I talk to Will every day. Okay. <laughs> um. But but yeah, so this was just you know Amy and I were were we were spitballing last night trying to brainstorm some stuff that we could uh, that we could film for you guys this week, and we came up with this. And uh, sorry, I got distracted there for a second. Um, and uh, so now we uh, we came up with this, and so we hope that you guys will enjoy it and um, and play along with us a little bit. Give us your thoughts on our rebooking in the comments below. And uh, if you're listening on a sports wire or if you're listening on a podcast platform, hit us up on social media at Rewind Podcast, W-R-E-W-I-N-D-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Um, all right, my Talk friends. To us. So <laughs> Ivy's actually going to host this one. Uh, she she is working super, super hard. You guys uh, know she's mentioned before on the pod that she uh, she works in healthcare and things are absolutely okay. nuts in healthcare right now. And, yes, um, and so- uh, Ivy, did, Ivy, we knew was not going to have time to sit down and, and and plot how she would rebook something for tonight. So she's going to actually host yeah. this episode for us tonight, and this guy gets to participate in the fun for once here. So uh, <laughs> I can do Ivy's booking Tell for her. Jeff Hardy wins the championship and never loses it. <laughs> Every the, single champion. The ladder match has all the belts. <laughs> Jeff already won the ladder match. That's that's all it really came okay. down to, you know? Ha ha. Funny, right. funny, funny. No, so, um, in reality, reading the uh the group chat when you guys were talking about this, I read like two of the messages and got an instant migraine. I was like, Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, perfection. Perfection. All right. So I'm going to turn this thing over to the ever beautiful Eeyore. I mean, uh, Ivy temperature switch. So Ivy, it's all you. Thank you so much. All right. So pretty much, I think I'm going to do this as I'll go to each person and I will ask you to just tell me which angle we're going to discuss and just give me a quick briefing about what it was in case if anybody doesn't know it. And then you tell me what you would rebook differently. So I'm going to start off. Mm. We are going to go to the wonderful. What are you, what are you waiting for? 10, ten minute, 10 minute time oh, yeah. limit so, so, so that like, we don't go you, for eternity. You, I was like, what are, what are you doing? Yeah. We're, we're reining in both Ted and Amy on this. Yeah. One. Because, because Amy yes, has done like so legitimate we, work on this. <laughs> yes, that is Amy. right. I will also be keeping track of, of time to make sure that you guys don't make us sit here for three hours. Um, buster. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we're, we're doing what it was a 10 minute, like time limit for each one of you. So now leave me alone, Ted, and let me do the hosting. Um, I'm going to go to the wonderful, the Dr. Phil of our show, (laughs) OG. (laughs) Tell me which angle you are going to talk about. Uh, So I picked one of the angles that reveal wise could have been huge. And storyline wise, probably could have been more of the best storylines in WWE, but they just instead of dropping the ball, they just punted it as far as they could. And that is okay. Steve Austin getting hit by a car. Ooh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so go ahead. For, give me give me the rundown. So if I mean for the people that don't know or who have been living under a rock, uh WWE ran an angle to get Austin off the TV for a while so he could heal from the multitude of injuries that he had where he got ran over by a car in the parking lot on or after an episode of Raw. I think it was he was off TV for a year or something like that. Yeah, it was a little it more, was, it was a while. Yeah. A little more than a year, I think. He came back and immediately went at went trying to find trying to figure out who who ran him over. Mm-hmm. And eventually, it came out that it was Rikishi. I'm a bad man. Yeah, right. <laughs> Did it? But the unfortunate thing <laughs> was Rikishi had gotten so over during the time that Austin was gone in Too Cool that him being a heel did not make sense in that angle at all. So they turned it real quick and said that Rikishi, Rikishi said, "I did it for the Rock," <laughs> which didn't need to happen either because the rock is the rock he he was getting over by himself at the moment didn't need anybody to to push him over the edge so then they they turned uh turned uh turned face again in in the storyline and eventually came out that triple h was the one that ran him over so to me obviously from the start I don't think WWE really had an idea of what they were planning to do here. I feel like they had they had so many different plans going at once and they just didn't they kind of, it all kind of melded together and just became one big turd. <laughs> so for for me I have I mean I have two two suggestions and a fantasy booking for it my first suggestion for what they should have done is just if they were going to go with Rikishi being a heel, they should have built him as a heel 
through the mm-hmm. year prior and then if you're gonna if you're gonna have it be Rikishi then have it be Rikishi go don't don't half-ass anything if you're gonna do something like that go 100 percent because they want they wanted to push him at the time they just unfortunately built over the year that Austin was out he it was when Rikishi was in too cool and obviously too cool was one of the more over tag teams at the time because of just how they were. Right. My second suggestion would have been that if Rikishi had done it for the rock, then again, go, go a hundred percent with that angle, then go push that, um, push that idea that he is helping his family member out at this point. But fantasy booking wise, at the time, um, I mean, if they wanted, if they they ended up with Triple H being the guy, the guy to run Austin over, I fantasy booking wise, I would have had it been Triple H from the start. I mean, he's yeah. it was the beginning of his like real push to stardom. I think uh, a big storyline between. Triple H and Austin would have, I mean, Triple H ended up catapulting himself to to the moon to begin with, but that could have put him on that trajectory trajectory way earlier in his career. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I, I get like exactly what you're saying about like that whole like switcheroo type thing that they pulled, because that did not make much sense at all it's like why would you yeah like why would you you know say it's one person at this point and then a little while later kind of jump back and it's like oh no just kidding it's it kind of reminds you of like those old like oxyclean commercials like but wait there's more and (laughs) those are really and those are really annoying because they make it not believable yeah and I feel like that was also during a time where like more people were starting to kind of lose the interest in you know these angles because things were not as believable as they used to be yeah it was, so, it was like, the turn there was yeah. the turn of the millennium it, it was like when it was like the height not really the height of the attitude era but like towards the, right. the tail end of it so right things things were changing and it seemed like the direction of where they were trying to go was still unclear at the time so yeah. i completely get it um i am going to give one follow-up question is there somebody that you can think of off the top of your head who was not involved in this angle that you would have liked to see involved in this angle? I mean, at that time, I've I've said it multiple times that I'm a huge Undertaker fan. So any mm-hmm. any time you could squeeze the Undertaker into something, <laughs> I will take it. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Okay, so moving on, <sighs> we're going to come to the wonderful, the fabulous, the thick as fuck ref Amy. Can I sell the rest of my time <laughs> to Amy? Yeah, please yes, give the rest. Because <laughs> Amy's gonna need she'll it. Pay you, she'll pay you in Liv- Dogecoin, you know. <laughs> I, uh, not not Doge anymore. It's Shiba Shiba uh, coin. <laughs> That's the one I have. I have a million coins. Um, or whatever. So Doge-Lon. I don't follow directions God. very well, so the angle part kind of like went over my head. And, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's okay. Technically, what I'm doing right here is rebooking the entire progression of a character that is one giant angle. So long-term storytelling, like right here. Okay. All right. So let's go. Give it to me. I did the fiend because okay. 
from the very beginning, the fiend has always been my favorite character. Like I, I love the thought and the um, creativity uh, Bray Wyatt puts into things. So um, it was a character with so much potential that in my opinion was ruined the moment they put him in the title picture because it didn't make sense for a character like the fiend to want a title in my opinion, based on the promos that he initially gave. So I'm gonna try to fix that. And we all know that Bray Wyatt doesn't work for WWE anymore for creative differences. So uh, Bray, if you're listening, we got some ideas. Oh, God. <laughs> so um, the way The Fiend debuted, I wouldn't change anything about that. I love the Firefly Funhouse uh, segments and everything. The only thing I would change is as you're getting closer to SummerSlam that year, he starts cutting promos about purgatory and how he's stuck there. So like the, the um, fun house is his form of purgatory. And in order to pass on and be free of the fiend, he has to free these seven souls who are also stuck in purgatory. So he starts story time where he takes out a book and the first one is titled Lust. And it tells a story of a prince whose lust for glory drove him to sell himself to the devil. So he's calling out Finn Balor eventually. And eventually, and then, uh, was it, uh, the Rogers Bray, the normal Bray tells Finn that he wants to see him as his true form. And basically everything that goes on at SummerSlam is the same, but he, I want the fiend to brutalize the demon and like almost beat him out of Finn. And okay. the same thing, like he does Sister Abigail and he holds up the heel sign. And that's when we see, um, what do you call it? Finn go back to NXT, renew the Prince gimmick and everything like that. So some time goes on and then he brings up his next book. It's called Wrath. And the descriptions are a little bit wonky, but um, it talks about a black sheep whose wrath kept him from the herd and ex excommunicated him. Um, this is alluding to Braun Strowman. And so um, the Fiend uses those little puppet things to constantly make uh, Braun Strowman mad through backstage segments and everything like that. And eventually they take the place of the Hell in Cell match that he has with Seth Rollins. And pretty much the same thing goes on where Braun is trying his best to put down the Fiend, but every time he put, tries to pin him, he kicks out. He keeps getting back up. He pops up. And eventually Braun gets so angry that he gets distracted from like shaking the referee or something that the fiend pops up behind him, takes the mandible claw and puts him down. And um, yeah, so that ends that one. Uh, the next one, this one's a little bit of a surprise-ish. Um, he brings up a book called Sloth and it talks about a servant whose complacency held him down in the shadows. Now this one, I would think if you're planning this booking, I would bring up Luke Harper as more of a uh, mid-card person at this time to try to make, give him some notoriety. So he's alluding to mid, um, the servant as Luke Harper. And where, where did I lost myself? And so this one takes place probably Elimination Chamber. I believe that was the last pay-per-view before the pandemic. So yeah, at Elimination Chamber, he has a match with Luke Harper and it's just a normal match, nothing. it And it, it's almost believable that Luke Harper almost wins until like literally at the last second, um, the fiend grabs him and his sister Abigail puts him down real quick. And he's almost like conflicted when he does so because this was his friend. And mm -hmm. then 
the idea is that he, Luke Harper, either moves, either moves on to AEW or because he's had this feud with The Fiend, he's elevated into maybe a, a higher card. And the next one is Greed. It talks about a little boy who stepped on people to stay in the spotlight for so long. John Cena. Don't change anything about what they did with John Cena. It was absolutely perfect. And it's also the <laughs> pandemic at this point. So do the funhouse thing. Perfect. And he leaves, goes to Hollywood. Fine. Um, the next one. This one's a bit of a stretch, but I made it kind of work. Um, this would take place around the Money in the Bank Extreme Rules area before SummerSlam. And it's entitled Gluttony. And it talks about a billy goat whose hunger to climb mountains um, and never or was never satiated, even in the face of injury or losing family members. So it's about talking about Daniel Bryan's hunger for the business and constantly wanting to be in it, even when he was getting hurt. So um, I would make this also a funhouse match because, again, we're in the pandemic at this point. And I would start it in the steel cage in which um, Daniel Bryan betrayed the Wyatt family and it almost like mimic that with an empty audience. And then if he allowed, bring Bray, uh, Daniel Bryan's family into it and stuff like that. His daughter, like, talking about, like, his injuries and stuff like that. Like, the, the spooky shit. So, and then Bray eventually puts him down. Like, he did John Cena. Uh, the next one. So, this one is more, the story is told by Abby. And it's called Envy. And it talks about a, a green snake in the grass full of uh, jealousy for how high the... Uh, crow flies Randy Orton and his betrayal of the um, Bray Wyatt after he wins the title um, this one again is probably going to be done with some movie magic because again pandemic um, and I don't really have much about the match other than the spooky shit but eventually Randy Orton gets set on fire mm. so as kind of retribution for how he did that to um, sister Abigail's place and then the last one is titled Pride, and it talks about an old dog whose pride kept him at, as leader of the pack for far too long. And then basically he has a spooky whatever, whatever type of match uh, AJ Styles had with the um, Undertaker, mm. and he, it's the official passing of the torch by the Undertaker, and that's how the Undertaker um, retires at WrestleMania 37. So yeah, that's my rough draft done in an hour kind of shit. Wow. Wow. I'm actually like an hour of work better than a year and a half of WWE. (laughs) Right. No, um, I actually think that that a lot of the points that you made, especially, you know, like you said, the that whole purgatory angle is something that they could have really done a lot more with and made a lot of these things make a lot more sense. And your booking with that was pretty spot on, especially going into the descriptions of these opponents correlating with those seven souls, right? Mm. Um, and, and the thing is with, with Bray and, and the whole Fiend thing, that's like, in my opinion, the closest thing that we've ever seen to that like Undertaker slash Kane type of supernatural entity in modern day times at this point. And I feel like there was so much potential that they could have done there and creatively like it, it sells itself. It's right in front of you. Why the fuck are you not doing anything with it? And that's, I think, why I got so annoyed with the whole fiend thing because I felt like so much more could have been done. So mm-hmm. I, I like, I like your, I like your thoughts. Um, 
I love where... the whole seven deadly sins thing too. Yeah, like mm-hmm. that's awesome. Um, being like a dark and spooky type of person, anyway, like that totally like grabbed my attention. So I was sitting here like, uh huh, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. Um, the question that I'm going to follow up with is um, in the mix, we did see the whole like Alexa Bliss thing come in. Mm. Do you oh, yeah. see that having anything to do? with that angle or do you think to completely scrap that and bring in something else and do more of that sister abigail feel i wouldn't have done the whole like transform character but i definitely like i actually had that post and i skimmed it um i would have had her as part of the brawn thing because i thought that was like an actually cool thing to take into account that they used to be in that like relationship yes yeah but i wouldn't have turned her full spooky no okay gotcha Alrighty, now moving on to my uh my road husband here, my my ride or die, I guess. Oh, <laughs> oh no, those the 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 man that knows all of my my crazy kinks and and everything here. Um, we are gonna go to Ted. Damn, you're gonna put me, me on blast me, like that dear. now. Now the dudes are gonna be DMing me trying to find out yeah, what right? your what your kinks are. Thanks for that. And you're, um, you're uh, ne- but you're never gonna you're never gonna sell that information. You wouldn't sell me out like that. Nah, I got you, fam. I'm gonna take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> well, one just just for the for the listening audience as a whole, um, I, I will sell out one of Ivy Secrets, and that is that she <laughs> loves a good fuzzy pair of earmuffs. It's uh, oh my god! It's it's a thing, it's a thing. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. So wait, um, I have such a comment to make that I'm just not going to. So <laughs> man, you know what? Damn, I jam my thumb. Um, so <laughs> so I uh, I chose the invasion. Oh my god! Okay, and okay. um. And what a surprise. There, there are listen, you you shut your mouth, okay? <laughs> I was respectful to you. Um <laughs> and one of the things obviously one of the things that they did wrong with the invasion is that they they didn't go after those guys that had the Time Warner contracts as opposed to the WCW contracts. So you had mm-hmm. Hall, you had Nash, you had Hogan, you had Goldberg, you had Brett, um, you had you had all these guys that that you could have gone after if you, if you really wanted to make this a, a big deal um, and you wanted to capitalize on that WCW name, you could have done that by going after those guys and getting that. That's the most common complaint about the invasion angle, right? Well, I'm not going to go that route and um, how I would rebook this. I'm going to keep the personnel the same. Okay. Um, but what I would have done differently, uh, and it kind of leads us leads us to where we got to with the brand, with the brand split. Um, when you know you think about like when Stephanie and Eric Bischoff were like um, desperately trying to get Scott Steiner, and they were offering him yeah. contracts, right? Um, I would have I would have still had Paulie come in and make and make ECW part of the alliance. I would have still done the invasion that way. But what I would have done is I would have had Paulie and Shane. I wouldn't have put Stephanie in there. That's the one thing I would change. I would have just left Stephanie out of it. Okay. But I would have had Paulie and Shane 
go to all these people that WWE got from WCW and ECW over the years and gone to them and said, listen, I understand you're a WWE guy, WWF guy now, right? But remember where you came from, motherfucker, right? And, and, and made that plea. Instead, what we got was we got this flip-floppy shit from Steve Austin, from Kurt Angle, from Chris Jericho, right? Because they wanted to give the other side some credibility. You can still use WWE guys to make that credibility happen. But make it make goddamn sense, mm-hmm. you know? So, so have Paul Lee go to Chris Jericho and say, listen, you wanted your shot in the States. You were over in Japan making no money, making freaking yen when it was worth nothing. And I gave you a presence here. I built you up. I got you signed to WCW. And that's what got you here. You should be with me, right? Steve Austin, right? Again, Paul Lee. He goes to him, he says, WCW didn't know how to use you, but I let you off your leash. I let you do whatever the hell you wanted. There was no fight with me like you have to fight with Vince McMahon over everything. You you could have done whatever you wanted with me. And when you asked me to let you out early, I let you out. Come, Come and help me out. Repay the debt. Right? You think about that. You think about that with Eddie, with Benoit, with Perry Saturn, Malenko, Ray Ray, right? All these, all of these people that they had, you know, Paul White, Big Show. Have Shane McMahon go to Big Show and say, what has my dad done for you? In WCW, you were a monster. You were a giant shark in a pond and you took over everything you came here to wwf yeah you had a little success but what has my dad done for you lately remember where you came from remember with the success that you had under the wcw banner come home right you make those connections for the audience who otherwise you have done your very best to make them forget about the fact that they were wcw and ecw people mm-hmm. right This is the first time you're acknowledging those companies on your airways. Give them the hook. Give them the reason to believe why these people are jumping ship, right? Nobody in WWF fandom, you know, in the WWF universe, even though it wasn't called that at that time because they had more common sense. um, Nobody knew that, that fucking Steve Austin was from WCW. No one knew he was stunning Steve Austin. If you did, you were an 80s NWA fan that just happened to come up into WCW after the fact. Okay? Otherwise, you don't know that he was stunning Steve Austin unless you're a diehard. You know he's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Middle fingers up, beer in the ring every night. You have to give them the history. And WWF chose to actively freaking ignore the history. Right? And they had all these names that they could have used to make the invasion legitimate. And what did they do instead? They played flip-flop with Kurt Angle. 
They play flip-flop with Steve Austin. And, and that is what ruined the angle. Because you could have elevated guys like Chuck Palumbo. You could have elevated guys like Billy Kidman and Shane Helms. You could have elevated guys like Taz. You could have elevated guys like Mike Awesome and Rhino. And they could have been, you know, we talked about in our Sabu retrospective, you know, how Sabu was over no matter where he went, right? You could have made Sabu the face of ECW for that invasion. And it would have gone to the moon. You know, they kind of did it with RVD. You know, but they didn't give RVD the credibility because they were always afraid he was going to pop on weed, you know. You know, but Sabu, they were like, ah, listen, you know, he's just some guy. But he wasn't. The fans were behind Sabu every time he was in the ring during the invasion. You know, they couldn't have done it with Sandman. Sandman was stumbling around drunk too much, right? But they could have done it with Sabu. And notice who they didn't bring from the ECW crowd, by the way. Okay? They didn't bring Fonzie. They didn't let Fonzie come. And if they had let Fonzie do his thing, it would have gotten the invasion over so much more. So much more. Just saying. Just saying. That's, that's where I'm coming from. Points. That's, that's how I would have changed the invasion. Leave the booking the same. The booking, the booking of who won and how they won, Survivor Series, you know, the whole nine yards, all of that can stay the same. WWF's going to win. We all knew WWF was going to win. It's an invasion angle of the WWF. Right. That doesn't have to change. But make it make sense. <laughs> that's, that's how <laughs> make I Make it make sense, it. please. Send help. <laughs> right? You sound you sound like me on a weekly basis on this podcast. <laughs> right? you're, you're rubbing off. Um, on me. Just just a little bit. Um, no, I actually I really like what you were saying in regards to the way that they could have executed that because it kind of gives it more of that like mob type background where you know you're kind of like going behind to like the enemy or whatever and you're trying mm-hmm. to pull their people to you know strengthen your side and then also the comments that you were making in regards to like giving the history to connect things back to I'm one of those people where like I need to have that in order to like see the full picture so mm-hmm. it kind of like what you were saying right there kind of grabbed me with like my nurse brain thinking of things like anatomy and physiology and like med surge because with that like I struggled with the AMP because it was just simple, basic facts. However, once I began to do the med surge, I started to have the information to now connect back to it. And it all made sense to me. So I kind of, it's like they, they taught it in like, they taught it backwards in my opinion. So what you're kind of giving us there is that, you know, statement of if they would have done this this way and given you the history and kind of brought it up, it would have brought everything full circle and made it a little bit less monotonous and maybe even a little bit less comedic at times. Yeah. So I, I I definitely, like, I definitely get that. That was something that I feel that the invasion angle was lacking. For sure. So, but, but I, I I want to follow that statement up for just a hot second, right? Go right ahead. They, They, they completely dropped the ball on the fact that they just purchased thousands of hours of tape library. Yes. Right. Like they had all this tape and WWF is the best company in the world for promo packages. Mm-hmm. Right. There is no other so much. promo packages as well as they do. 
Okay. For God's sakes, just use some of it. You pay these people to sit there and watch the shit and pull shit out anyway. You just got thousands of hours of footage. You know you're looking for stunning Steve Austin. Pull the shit out. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. It, it gets on my nerves because <laughs> it, it could have no. been done so goddamn well. Oh. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those those things. Um, I am going to give you a follow-up question to that. And it just okay. kind of goes in correlation with what you and I both know in regards to like the wrestling business in general. So like you mentioned having all that access to, to that, you know, all that footage. Mm-hmm. Do you think that even if they had pulled some of that footage, that creatively they would have known how to integrate it into the storyline properly? I think that was a time in WWF, WWE history where they actually did know how to use those packages okay. really well. And I think that if they were able to provide that video package format, I mean, because you have to think about it, like that's right after that's right around the, my, the, my sacrifice videos, right? Yep. That's right around that same time frame, Right. And, and think about the fact of how popular all of their video packages were out of every commercial break. They had a, my sacrifice or a return or a debut. They were, and they were the Something. best at it. Yeah, so I think I think that something totally could have been done, and it could have been done a la the NWO, right? Okay. Like the yep. NWO, you know, this this has been brought to you by the New World Order, right? Well, this has been brought to you by the Invasion, right? The Alliance, mm-hmm. and then and then it's just, did you know that Steve Austin wasn't always a WWF guy, right? And Paul right. Heyman, all, right, you just right. use Paul Heyman to narrate just, the whole goddamn yes. thing, and just, just show and just show a couple of clips of these people. Yeah, just yeah. show a couple clips of these people and kind of keep it pushing to kind of, in in a sense, show you that this person came from somewhere else. Show the Undertaker so, yeah. as, as as the big fucking redhead <laughs> in the late eighties in WCW. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, those seeds of doubt. Who's going to, you can, you can still use the Monday night wars mentality because part of what made the Monday night wars so successful, we talked about this with crowbar, right? Part of what made the Monday night wars so successful was you never knew who was going to show up where, when, right. And that's part of what makes all these releases from the WWE recently. So interesting because we don't know who's going to show up where now. Right. And, and we just have have to wait 90 days. Right. (laughs) And then after 90 days, we're like, oh, God, is he going to show up? Is he going to show up? Oh, he's going to be there, right? So so if you think about it, though, you could have used that same mentality. You plant all these seeds of doubt in the, in the WWE audience about Taker, Austin, Triple H. He was a WCW guy, mm-hmm. right? Okay. And his buddies, the Scott Hall and, and, and Kevin Nash were in WCW and Sean Waltman, right? Okay, you, 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 there's a whole litany of names, a whole litany of names that you can use. Malenko, Guerrero, Saturn, you know, uh, Benoit, the list goes Jericho, on. Big Show, yep. you know, all these people that jump ship. All you have to do is plant seeds of doubt. And then all of those, all of those backstage segments where Shane McMahon walks by and, you know, he, this is when he debuted the Here Comes the Money song, Right. He just he flashes a stack of cash. Ted DiBiase's back in his play. Flash a stack of cash. You know, I've got the funds. 
I'll pay you more than what dad's paying you. Come home. It plants a seed of doubt. You don't know if the undertaker is going to stay loyal to the WWF at that point, you know? And when he comes out to cut that promo on the, on Monday night raw as the American badass, where he says, I've been WWF through and through, and I saw them through the Monday night wars and I never left, you know, he cuts that amazing promo. Now it means more. Right. right? I think, I totally think it would have, I totally think they would have known how to use it. They just chose not to because Vince wanted to make WCW look as weak as fucking possible because he wanted to secure that, that arrogance. His, his grapefruit dominance. That's what it was. <laughs> That's what it was. Grapefruit dominance. <laughs> it's a band name. Oh my lord. Wait, wait. Okay, well you was guys that, was that a what? No, that was that was a that was a cupping. <laughs> Not the flapping, the cupping. <laughs> You're welcome. Topic and terrible. Um, no, like you guys all actually came up with some really interesting and intriguing ideas that I'm actually a little bit surprised that you all booked this so much better than the people that were actually in charge of booking things. I mean, but that just goes to show you. That just goes to show you that. WWE would actually listen to their fans more and kind of take into consideration what people enjoy seeing, they might, you know, know what to do with their talent. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Am I, am I supposed to be picking a winner here or how are we going to do this? I mean, if you, if you want, if you want to pick a winner picks? on camera, go ahead. But I mean, that's kind of okay. nasty. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Hate you. I will say, Amy's done. Amy's tapping out. She quits. I mean, Amy went above and beyond on this one, so I'm even. I'm giving my pick to her. I, to begin with. I have to say, you guys all made great points, and you even all you're also a Giants jacket made excellent, excellent um, suggestions in how to make these angles better. Um, I wholeheartedly with Will in regards to how, like, they should have made a decision from the start and stuck with it, regardless of where they were going, because they, they had multiple angles that they could have played, no matter which decision they would have made. Mm -hmm. Um, and as far as Amy, we all know, I love things dark, spooky, supernatural ish. Um, and that storytelling. That is so big when it comes to professional wrestling. You know, when we watch this on TV, you need to see these storylines play out properly. So if they would have, you know, stuck with things similar to how Amy suggested, we would have gotten a full story and full character development rather than just this fiend character that they did not know what to do with. And it kind of killed the entire angle. And of course, the invasion, as we've all talked about multiple times, a lot of it did not make sense. However, they could have fixed that with these, you know, minor changes and using these little, you know, things that they had available, like available to them, but they just let it go. Um, I'm gonna have to give it to Amy just because I love the storytelling. And at the end of the day, any of these angles come down to a storyline and being able to execute and fully tell that story. So Amy's the winner. She can add that to her belt. I know, right? <laughs> Boom. 
and boom. My belt. Well, listen, my friends, but before Will and Amy get into it some more here, um, I, I do want to ask everybody, please, 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 let us know what some of your uh, favorite swing and miss angles are from professional wrestling. It doesn't have to be WWE. Uh, I know at one point OG was thinking about maybe doing aces and eights. Um, I actually contemplated uh, doing Jay Lethal and Ric Flair from TNA. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and just and just flying off the handle with black it. machismo yeah oh, black man. machismo um, you would change that perfect moment in history <laughs> oh that i would have left that moment but i would have but i would have expanded on it um i'm not a big tna fan but i know that moment <laughs> oh man um i i also thought about um punk's departure from ring of honor I also thought about doing that one. So, so, so guys, if, if you have something that, that, you know, you have an angle or um, a character departure or a character growth that you would love to see uh, have been, you know, having been done differently, let us know in the comments below on YouTube. If you are listening on Sportswire or a podcast platform, hit us up on Rewind at Rewind Podcast, W-R-E-W-I-N-D-P-O-D-C-A-S-T on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, head over to Coastal Championship Wrestling's website, ccwrestlingfl.com slash events. Get all of your tickets for all of your upcoming CCW shows. See Ref Thick out there doing her thing, uh, looking all thick and, thick, you know, yes. and all that nuts, you know. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and last, but certainly, well, actually not last, go support Bryce. Go donate to the GoFundMe. It's in our link tree. And uh, last but not least, Go hit us up at whatamaneuver.net. Pick up your merch. Ivy needs Ivy fans need their Ivy fan shirts. Hook us up with a selfie of you and your gear, and we will get you into a video or um, we'll retweet it and or we'll repost it. Okay, we want to see you guys in your rewind gear. Uh, make sure you go pick up one of your uh, t-shirts or sweatshirts or whatever today. All right, my friends. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us here on Rewind Wrestling Radio. We really appreciate you, our listeners, and our viewers, and we hope that you'll catch us next time here on Rewind Wrestling Radio.